Welcome to another episode of Share the Air. This one is exciting because it is our first crossover podcast. We have fellow Ultimate Podcast hosts, Johnny Malks and Rowan McDonald joining us. On One Throw at a Time, Johnny and Rowan share a lot about their ultimate careers, including their shared experiences on DC Breeze and Truck Stop, as well as what they do for training in the off-season, their goals. They also have a bunch of great interviews with guests, then always have some fun, quirky shenanigan game to play. So we got to do a bunch of this with them, including some of our lowest moments of our careers, some of our proudest moments, how our podcast began, some of our favorite episodes. We talked about our mentors, a whole bunch of other stuff, and we got to play their trademark shenanigans game, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, so please go check out One Throw at a Time's content, including the episode that we just did with them. You can find their podcast wherever you get your podcasts or wherever you get Share the Air. They are One Throw Pod on Instagram. And both Johnny and Rowan also have YouTube channels with other great content that you should check out. So keep an eye on One Throw at a Time's feed because their episode is going to come out pretty soon after this one drops. One other thing that we talked about on our recordings was names that we almost picked for our podcast. So we thought it would be fun to share some of the names that did not make the cut when we picked (laughs) Share the Air. We brought our producer Tim on because it wouldn't be fair to roast these names without having having him (laughs) on here with us. Thanks. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So for each of you, what's the best way to do this? Each of us pick a favorite that didn't make the cut. And then maybe like which one we we wanted yeah, it to be. Yeah, which one would you have wanted? And then sure, which that's one hard. you are so thankful we said no to. <laughs> Let's start with that. Okay. I think my least favorite one is captain's meeting. It just makes <laughs> like what what could that possibly have been like alluding to? Nobody really does captain's meetings anymore. No, which is a great thing. They're kind of dumb. We like, should clarify. We, we don't we don't like captain's meetings. <laughs> yeah. We should clarify before we roast ourselves that in brainstorming there are no bad ideas. So <laughs> they only yes, seem yes. horrible because we're looking back what two years later? Yeah. yeah. Cause Share the Air is yeah. such a good name. Yeah. But Captain's Meeting, I think, is the one that is like the least sensical and just boring all in the same <laughs> all in the same breath to me. Okay, I will say I don't like unders, deeps, and life. <laughs> Oh, that is awful. I will say that objectively the worst name on this list, because there are some fun ones, and I think you could argue Uh that Unders Deeps in Life has a place. (laughs) Maybe not here for us, but I would say, what was this bullet point? But where your feet are? What was that? Okay, I can explain. Okay, we have this whole chunk in a row that is all about like mental resilience pieces. Mm -hmm. So there's the phrase of like, be where your feet are, be present. But (laughs) we really could have gone into like a foot podcast. I ruled all of them out. (laughs) It's like a podiatrist podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I changed my mind. I do think then the worst one is the ultimate podcast. It's giving nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we also really, we really didn't like consistently consistent. Like we wrote it down and then we're immediately just like, this is a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. Also talk the talk. Yeah. It was getting at like walk the walk, but yeah. Okay. This one, I'm glad we didn't go with. I wouldn't say it's the worst, but I do think it's very funny, which is the no banana cuts allowed. (laughs) Okay. 
yes. we're getting to favorites that I My think, pick. again, no banana cuts allowed should be something we name some sort of bonus episode it, segment. It could, yeah, it could be like an offshoot podcast. Yeah. Let's I put think it this that way. would be fun. It's very good. I want someone to make a podcast called No Banana yes, Cuts Allowed, yes. even if it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, and another offshoot that I would love is Always Upwind, which sounds so demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be really funny, like, podcast offshoot for... Just the low lights of a season or something. Yeah, I do oh, like it's a thrower's wind. It's a thrower's wind is like a more positive take on the windy. The windy mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same as rainy I, day layout. Those two. I again. was going to say rainy day layout kind of feels similar to ban- no banana cuts allowed. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a, yeah, a fun jokey. I don't know. But I think rainy day layout is like, I could see that being like a conversational, like a fun chatty podcast. Mm-hmm. Something about rainy day layout and it's probably rainy day if I'm a listener, that feels super cozy. I'm like yeah. sitting down with a mug of hot tea and I'm turning on that podcast, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Should we talk about the ones that we had highlighted, which makes me think that we were maybe considering these ones? Yeah, some yeah. of those top picks could have been the reset, which I really liked. I thought that was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, more than ultimate is too wordy. Truth in advertising. Yes, I think that's the, it's very straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More than ultimate is like the description of our podcast is what mm-hmm. you're, yeah. you're both trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The others that we had were no expectations and make the switch. Both of those now I'm like, meh. <laughs> meh. Would have gone with no banana cuts allowed, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think the best other option was probably the reset. Because I like the ones yeah. that it's like it could mean multiple things. Mm-hmm. I think the pivot is also cool. Mm, I do like the pivot. But it we implies were... pivoting, moving from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. Which meh. We don't demand of our we guests. Or yeah. our <laughs> <laughs> we were pivoting the broader ultimate conversation. Mm. That's true. We forgot to mention tournament day snack. I missed that. <laughs> that that <laughs> one really all. makes no sense. Like that that goes with the captain's <laughs> yeah. meaning of like what what would that yeah. what was that be used for? <laughs> I will say the order goes unders, deeps, and life. Talk the talk. No banana cuts allowed. Tournament day snack. Captain's meeting. So no banana cuts allowed is just tossed in the middle of objectively the four worst. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no banana cuts allowed is not one of the four worst. I, but I'm just saying it was in that line of brainstorming. So you yeah, need all the bad yes. ones to get the, the good ones. To get the diamonds. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think the last one I want to comment on is no reset needed, which False. just I just Incoming. picture a handler us, yeah. standing there holding the disc, just <laughs> holding it till nine and then putting it downfield. <laughs> Most of the college handlers that I played with. Yeah. Wow. What a trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness we chose Share the Air. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again to Johnny and Rowan, who helped bring up this memory for us and made us go back and find the very first Google Doc that we made when we were planning this podcast. So if you liked that topic and you think that that conversation was at all fun or interesting, go check out their podcast as well, One Throw at a Time. Cool. Let's get into the conversation.
For today's joint episode, we're joined by teammates, One Throw co-hosts, and good friends Johnny Malks and Rowan McDonald. Johnny started playing Ultimate in Arlington, Virginia, before playing college with William and Mary. He won gold with the men's U-20 national team in 2018 and was named to the men's beach national team competing at WBC in 2023. Currently, Johnny plays for the DC Breeze in the AVL and with DC Truck Stop for Club. Most importantly, Johnny is a multiple-time champion at Nutsy, where he is one as both a camper and a counselor. Rowan plays for DC Breeze and DC Truck Stop. He won the 2022 Men's Club Player of the Year and has also been named to the Men's Beach National Team. Rowan founded and coached at the American Ultimate Academy. Together, Rowan and Johnny have been hosting one throw at a time since 2022. Rowan and Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, we're super happy to get this collaboration up and... Yeah, learn a little bit more about y'all as well. We're pumped. Thanks for having us. Cool. So usually we start by asking people, how'd you get into Ultimate? But I think we've talked about that a lot, and I'm sure you all have talked about it a lot for yourselves. So we're going to open with, how'd you guys get into podcasting? I'll start. I remember the night vividly. It was the (laughs) only night I went out after a game. I'm usually kind of go back home, go to bed. I bet Johnny might be similar, but... um, Fate had it. We both went out after a game to a local bar, and I think somebody said, Johnny and Rowan, you should do a podcast. That's all I remember. Me and Johnny had been linking up to do a bit of content on YouTube and other medias, and yeah, I think it just so happened that Johnny has a passion for podcasting, but it was really kind of an offhand comment at a bar on a Friday night in Washington, D.C. Johnny, any uh, details to fill in? Yeah, the bar is one of my favorite names for any place I think I've encountered, the Dewdrop Inn. And when you first hear the name, it's like Dewdrop, like on a drop, like a Dewdrop on morning grass, ultimate related perhaps. But then when you think about it, it's like Dewdrop Inn, like do come again. And we were outside at some picnic tables. I remember my friend Tom from the UK was in town. I don't know if he's the one who made the comment, but yeah, Rowan and I just kind of were sitting at these tables, linked up podcast was raised I was like I actually could do that if we wanted to and we were both into it which was exciting and I've always loved podcasts but had never been able to keep one going I tried doing one with my sister and a friend in college about Pride and Prejudice movie adaptations but we couldn't really keep that one going (laughs) there was not a lot of momentum with that one as much I wasn't as passionate about it and we couldn't find regular meeting times but Rowan and I are really good at that, and we've both found a lot of joy in it. And part of what keeps me going uh, with One Throw at a Time is getting to document Rowan's story from his own voice and hear about him, a legend of our sport who's been working on his craft for so long. And it's, it's really important to me to be able to help share that story and also get closer to him as a, a teammate and a friend. So it's been a really special experience. That's awesome. Quite the origin story. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I'm curious... Obviously, you two both play together. So did you know from the start that it was going to be an ultimate podcast? And then how did you come up with the name, all of that? Like, how did you know where you were going from there? Yeah, definitely wanted to go straight into ultimate. Just kind of felt that we had a unique blend of two players that had so much on the field chemistry and connection. Also at a pretty high level, which is something that a lot of people are always kind of asking about. So we just decided to kind of share those experiences of not just what Ultimate kind of looks like there, but kind of the behind the scenes things that go into becoming two players that have a a pretty big role on, on such a good and fun team. 
from there, we got a lot of Johnny's personality that shine, shines through, which is great about, you know, more than ultimate. Johnny's really good about navigating through various quirky, fun, and, you know, outside-the-box topics that have a little crossover with ultimate. But, um, yeah, we just kind of restyle it. And the name came down to two finalists, Orange Light and One Throw at a Time, Yellow Light or Orange Light. And One Throw at a Time, One Out, even though I voted for the other one. yeah i think we were like brainstorming names and we both liked quirkier names but also thought that you know there's a balance and we can get as quirky as we want in the podcast as long as it has a more normal sounding name so we kind of went with (laughs) the current in that one little background behind the name is that i called johnny out of the blue like before the 2021 season and just we had touched base a few times over the pandemic as he was getting back from his injury and Basically, was like, Johnny, come to D.C., play on my teams, and bring in your offense, which has always been like a possession-heavy offense. We call it the William & Mary offense from his university. And the philosophy behind that is just like, take the open throw, one throw at a time, and that kind of reflects our personality a little bit more than I had originally thought when the name came through. Cool. I know. I think... For us and Share the Air, it was a lot of just voting on many, many, many names, and we like the rhyme, so. <laughs> Do you remember um, any finalists off the top of your head? I any know of... we have a Google Doc somewhere <laughs> that has maybe yeah. 20, different, 20 different names or something like that. <laughs> Rowan, you mentioned that you and Johnny had been linking up to do video content prior to the start of the podcast. Was the content that you guys were working on, was that similar to some of the stuff that you talk about now? Or did it help the transition from you guys doing that video content to being like, oh, we should do this podcast together? Yeah, that's a great question. Because I think fundamentally, just Johnny and I kind of linking up before is the reason that I find a lot of joy. And I think a lot of our listeners do in our podcast is that it's just like the chemistry between us. Johnny actually helped our Youth Ultimate, American Ultimate Academy for the summer of 2021. So we got to spend a lot of time together there. And I think from there, Johnny started making some YouTube content, which was something that I had a lot of passion with. So that's where the kind of the intersection of the ultimate strategy and content and training, which is kind of a core principle of our podcast came about. But I think it's the chemistry more than the X's and O's that we collaborated on previously that kind of shines through. Do you think that part of even the podcast now then is is the brand of the two of you over the knowledge that you maybe bring? Yeah, I think it's both. Like I can say it's all chemistry, but (laughs) I I would have to ask our listeners, but the fact that we can share We always do our training updates. We always do what Ultimate looks like in our life, whether that's our schedule, our recovery. So yeah, the chemistry is a big part of it, but I'd have to imagine a lot of the behind the scenes on how to train, how to lift, how to prepare physically, mentally, and spiritually. We're both big on kind of the holistic approach to Ultimate and taking your craft at Ultimate very seriously. And yeah, I I think that is really what our our backbone of the podcast is all about. Mm Mm-hmm. But also it's fun because we've been able to, I think, in a little bit of a way, craft a community that buys into what Rowan and I are, which is like very intense on the field and intense about our training, but then also like really enjoy a laugh and really enjoy just being weird at times. Like we get, 
listener questions in about like very specific training things about like how to galvanize teams like very hands-on things and then we also got a listener question a couple weeks ago about like what did we think ultimate played on horseback would be like so there's like a whole range of i think folks who listen and connect with the show and i that really means a lot to me because we um that's kind of the energy that i like to bring to ultimate and i think that it's special to share it with rowan Uh, now i'm curious what's the weirdest listener question you've got or one that maybe spurred the the weirdest conversation around the question Johnny might know better, but off the top of my head, we had a poetry contest that had some really good submissions and some, are they kind of trolling or making fun of us submissions? <laughs> We've had the horseback and yeah, and then we kind of have this gray area of our really close teammates and friends that listen to the podcast and they might throw mm-hmm. us a curveball here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, does any stick out? Yeah. So to speak. So- I think Rowan covered it all. We've also gotten like a couple inside jokes that like we're not inside of. So <laughs> there's like no way to understand what what it's about. Like there was one about hot Cheeto mac and cheese that apparently I wasn't supposed to like, but I didn't really understand what that meant. So shout out to all y'all sending us weird questions. Keep doing it. <laughs> I'm really curious, you mentioned kind of a big piece of your podcast is like sharing your training, your goals, things that you want to work on on the field. I'm curious, I think that for me, I'm a pretty private person, like social media, don't really post a lot, that kind of thing. So I'm really curious, like what it's like for you to share so much of yourself, like put so much of yourself out publicly. Yeah, I'll start. And yeah, that's another really good question because that's something that I'm still asking myself. It's it's very challenging. There's a couple of challenges that arise. For me, one that I'm really getting over is that my peers and my teammates are all working normal full-time jobs and they're kind of using Ultimate as like an outlet and a hobby and they all work incredibly hard. But for me, I'm sharing my highlights. I'm sharing my big goals. It's I've always felt like a little bit of an unease until I think these last couple of years where I just started to embrace it. My team is like, you know, just like at these tryouts this past weekend, made a good play. Somebody's like, oh, that's going on Instagram. And then you just like laugh it off and you're just happy it's out there and that your teammates and the people that are really close to you are supporting you. I think getting over that barrier has been huge for me because I've had so much support on Instagram and YouTube comments. It's almost always positive. It's, you know, I get comments from Iran, China, yeah, Middle East, Africa's coming in. And just the entire world is like really thankful for, oh, this one drill, like I use this and they're having a breakthrough. So I kind of try to get over the hurdle that all my peers here in the United States, it's kind of weird and it's kind of like not many people are doing it, but I think overall it's helping a lot of people and mm-hmm. I'm going to you know continue to push, but it is still can be uncomfortable sharing yourself online, which is such a, a weird concept. But yeah, Johnny, any anything you would add kind of a little bit newer to this, but, but also kind of all in on, on YouTube and podcasting? Yeah, I mean, I would say like Rowan definitely posts more videos and stuff than I do. And for me, like it's an interesting trajectory because when I was working part time uh, a little over a year ago now, I like had more time to spend making ultimate videos and stuff. And the way I viewed it then was 
it was nice to get on a schedule kind of like training because it making videos of field workouts or making videos of throw tutorials got me out to the field more often so I would practice for an hour or two and then make the video for a half hour an hour and that was a really nice way to kind of inspire and uh, inform my training while sharing it with others and then now that I'm working full-time it's a little bit more of like a choose your own adventure between like, do I do the podcast? Do I do the training video tonight? Do I do, do I do this film review? And it all kind of adds up to being sometimes overwhelming if I think about doing it on more of a regular schedule now. So the podcast has been really nice to be able to keep that regular schedule and be able to continually share stuff, which I enjoy and view as a creative endeavor ultimately, which helps me kind of express myself and and be excited about not only ultimate, but just be excited about kind of living each day, staying present and seeing if I can bring some of my experiences to what I create. Yeah. And Johnny, your schedule comment also got me thinking that like another challenge, and this is still with me today, is that there will be weeks and months where I'm posting content and sharing my story. And then there's like four months where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just rather not like, I just don't have the energy or, you know, I need to take a break. So that's another one that that does kind of happen to me too is you know the consistency I've always found a bit challenging. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It sounds like there's a real want and hunger for this kind of inside look that you're providing people and the things that you're teaching people. So that's awesome and it sounds like you're doing it in a way that's that feels inspiring and engaging for you. So that's really cool. Share the air, we'll be right back. But first, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Share the Air is sponsored by the National Ultimate Training Camp, located in Western Massachusetts. Nutsy is the longest-running ultimate sleepover camp in the country. It has also gone international, hosting camps and teaching clinics all over the globe. With the most talented coaches in the world, Nutsy is teaching ultimate for the next generation. Learn from the best at Nutsy. Share the Air is also sponsored by BC Ultimate. BC has been producing custom uniforms and performance apparel since 1998. A company that proudly puts values and community before profit, VC is the world's best source for quality design and all your ultimate needs. You can support VC and rep share the air jerseys by checking out our team store at vcultimate.com. So to shift gears, there's I've been thinking about, so you two both coach Youth Ultimate, do a bunch of coaching and stuff. One of my things that I do is I coach right now at a middle school and high school, and then I've done some ultimate coaching bunch of that in the past. But one of the things that I've been thinking about sort of in the coaching world and then specifically in the ultimate coaching world is how we manage like different roles in different spaces and how we work and connect safely with athletes. And I think this actually, now I'm even thinking about like this social media piece. So like I guess my more concise question is like, have there been situations where you've been a coach of a player and then you're playing on a team with a player or managing different roles? So at my work, I'm not allowed to have any athletes, any of the kids that I coach follow me on social media. It's just like a a school policy and it's for safety. But like, how do you balance connecting with athletes in a safe way and then like in this ultimate community where people hold so many different roles at the same time and over the course of their career. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on on this. Johnny, you want to kick this one off? Sure. Yeah. So I kind of see two kind of lines of reasoning in my mind popping up when I hear your question. The first is in terms of connecting. I always like to share an anecdote 
from coaching the U20 YCC team, the U20 girls team from DC last summer called Rogue, shout out DC Rogue. And that was a really special experience for me. But at first I like had one of those moments where you get into something and you're like, this will be good. This will be fine. Not really think about it in the first tryout or the first event that makes it physicalized shows up and you're like, wow, I was not really, even though I may have been like mentally ready for this, the like physical feeling of it all happening was a little overwhelming because I had never interacted with that age group as, you know, more of a mentor from more of a mentor role over a long sustained period. Like I'd coached at Nutsy and done different ultimate camps, but I had never had to necessarily connect with a group of young women over like a longer period of time in that kind of position. And it made me uncomfortable to start out because of who I was and because of just as like a privileged white male, however you want to categorize it, coming from a place of power. And a lot of the players that I was coaching initially were really shy and I wasn't sure what was the right way to connect with them or kind of bring them out of their shells. I'd coached like young men in the past and a lot of them are like too much and this was like nothing. And so I was like, it was hard to gauge how to bring energy to that relationship in an appropriate way. And what I found is it, it, whenever I could get that out of my mind and find flow in which I was just being myself, that helped the girls be themselves, you know? And so like I have these mannerisms that are like really apparently strange that I just say like you legend or are you pissed or like weird funny things like this where I like don't actually mean like are you mad I just like say that as like a greeting and they like started to get that and would like start saying it and like laughing at it and it was amazing what this transition that kind of precipitated between the first practice where I was kind of treating it as like I was an aloof presence. I was like the person saying the things, telling the people what to do. Going from that into being a student as much as a player, being more personable, interacting with the folks as you would interact with anyone, obviously in a respectful way. And so there are those boundaries, but I think that too often, whether or not you're talking about like, coaching young women as a man or coaching, you know, young men as a woman or whatever, whether or not there's that like next level of worry based on one's identity. I think that interacting, being personable and understanding that the learning goes both ways is a really important way to approach that kind of relationship. Yeah, I I have two things as well. One, I, I loved the part about today I'm playing with three or four players that I've coached. I remember one time I just got to DC. I was hustling in Ultimate, so I was trying to coach all the camps for like a stipend and do all this stuff. And, you know, this kind of shy, really good up and coming sophomore was at this local camp. And like that was Jacques Nissen. And then, you know, fast forward three, four years, everybody keeps saying like he's going to be great. He's going to be great. And now, and now we're teammates. And I don't think it like really ever felt kind of weird. It, it's one of the my favorite things about working so hard in, in the local community is playing with Jacques Bartlett, AJ, players that you know I had that coach over. And and one thing that I think I would 
give like as a tip. It's, I'm sure I'm not the only one, probably people all over the place in, in our small community is kind of bring how you want people to play ultimate and, and kind of like the behavior and the attitude and the energy and the positivity, both as a player and as a coach yourself. Because that's something, particularly with Jacques, I remember his first year was, I think, 2019 for us. And 2019, I was like a little bit, not angry, but I was like a little bit, I was very focused on my own play and my own abilities. And like he was around a huddle and then it was like a practice. I'm like, you know, I'm not laying out. It's practice. Or like one of those offhanded comments I think I made. And then I just like realized, wow, this player could be like looking up to me for a couple of years. I was his coach. And like now, oh, this guy doesn't take practice seriously. So it's come it's come full circle. And I've, I've definitely learned some lessons on how important it is to like, you know, be the person you want others to, to be like around them at, at any age. And just this past off season, like Jacques sent me a, a nice note and then I sent one back that like, hey, Jacques, like you're you're super young, but I look up to you as a leader. And there's a lot of things that I respect about, you know, the people that I was actually coaching that I'm learning from. And then the the second part kind of like Johnny was talking a little bit about coaching American University, the women's program. I've learned that like always have a great team is really important to success of coaching. It's not just kind of one person there. We've always had a co-coach at the university and that's been great. We've always had great captains. So my kind of strategy is always just to show up and try to bring a passion and a buy-in of ultimate, which is kind of what, what I'm known for trying really hard and caring really hard and trying to spur just like enthusiasm for the sport and I'm able to do that role because we have other great coaches and captains that can can handle all the other things that are very important to be an all-around team. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think it's cool insight into both your approaches as leaders and as coaches. And I think it made me think about this thing that we actually discussed on one of the Guts Nutsy coaching calls recently, which is like finding your coaching persona and who you are as a coach. And I think the balance of being able to be your authentic self in a like safe and, you know, within boundaries way, but like connecting with athletes authentically and exemplifying what you want, how you want your athletes to act and engage and behave. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, um, because as, especially you, Ron, you've been doing this mentoring of, of, both youth players and filling this sort of role on the team, on the club teams and pro teams that you, you've been on lately, is it's kind of interesting what you said about describing yourself as a player and how maybe even the sort of energy that you've brought. I'm curious when you're doing this mentoring at a youth level or alongside your teammates, like what sort of teammate do you like encourage from from your teams? Because I know that you, both of you are, are leaders on the, on the teams that you're on and, and are a part of. Yeah, I, I think kind of ever since really the pandemic and that little, a year of introspection, I, I've just really started to get behind that team culture and chemistry is like so much more important than strategy X's and O's and even to a degree like skill development. So I'm, I'm still heavily rooted in I want to be a teammate and I want these up and coming players to value like and own that I'm a great ultimate player. I practice like that's important, but also just building a culture, building a chemistry, learning from Jacques, like I talked about, learning from Johnny. It's just been really cool last couple of years. And now 
you know, even in the college program, I, we don't run the best system or maybe we don't drill the best, but, you know, we have a great program that's like enjoying ultimate. They're enjoying themselves and they're getting much better. So I like to start with almost enjoyment first. You got to like what you're doing. You get more people coming back. I think if you go too hard into either strategy or expecting people to be great, maybe they do get better faster, but you might have attrition problems. It's like my kind of most proud like statistic at the college program is like we started with 10 or 12 people coming out at practice first year. And, you know, now we have like a robust A and B team. And I think it's just important. You can't like expect and coach everybody to be great at ultimate. You got to kind of coach any age, all genders to just enjoy it. And then when people are having a good time, they practice more, they, they buy in more, they take it more seriously. And then you trick them into becoming better. So <laughs> I do that all. And I, I've had parents saying like, got to like push the kids a little bit more. They're not learning like the rules as fast or the skills. But yeah, I probably could do a better job on those areas. But I want the kids especially to have a lot of fun because that's where I found myself to be the best player and teammate possible is when I was enjoying it. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think I, I think the balance of these different elements and like you're saying, like pushing, stretching athletes and also creating fun. I think it's, I mean, if there was one concrete, you know, dirt solution, everyone would do it. But I think that's where the beauty of like unique coaching comes in. And, and I think I have a similar philosophy and I have, so right now I'm coaching squash at a high school, high school and middle school, and I'm new to the sport and new to like the culture of squash. And I see the pushing to the point where kids drop out, kids burn out. And to me, I agree with you that it's all about the joy. And at this age, like it should be fun and enjoyable and a good time. And I think in the US, I mean, this could be a whole bigger conversation, but I think in the US in general, we push kids really early to specialize in sports. We push them to be really great really fast and I think we tend to burn kids out and make it not enjoyable and so I agree with you that joy fun that's the top priority and I think there's a correlation of improving when when they have that joy too so that's the Mm -hmm. cool the magic about the sport yeah Lou, any other questions you want to get into our game? Yeah, let's get into the game. Okay, so Johnny and Rowan, the game that we have for you is called 10 Second Stall. Basically, it's just like hot seat and we sort of rapid fire questions for our guests. They have 10 seconds to answer it. um, And if they don't, they get stalled out. But what we thought, a slight change that we thought we could do because we have the two of you here in a collaboration episode is Tulsa and I will go one by one asking each of you a question. So we can just, we'll say, you know, I'll ask Johnny the questions, Tulsa asks Rowan the questions, and you guys have to answer the questions for each other. So we'll maybe see how well you two know each other, how how good that (laughs) chemistry is. We'll put it to the test right now. (laughs) I'm focused. I'm in it. Cool. Any questions about that or how to play? Oh, awesome. I'm excited. We'll do our best. Tulsa, do you want to start with Rowan then? Yes. Okay, Rowan. If Johnny gets one teammate on the line with him, who does he pick? Who's his all-time teammate? If it's not me, I'm going Gus Norvon. 
Incredible. Johnny, you can, I mean, we can say yes or no. You don't need to say whether or not that's correct, but we'll just, we'll keep it going. Do you want me to? I think, I think that's, that's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Johnny, who do you think Rowan believes has the best sideline presence? Me. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Look at us. We're so cute. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true though. Okay, Rowan, what do you think is Johnny's favorite tournament location? Axton, Virginia. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely the most meaningful, probably, just because there's nothing out there, and they force us to go there in the Atlantic coast like <laughs> six, like six times a year. More like two, but it feels like six. Yeah, good answer, Ro. All right, Johnny, if Rowan can only have one ultimate throw for the rest of his life, what throw does he pick? Pizza pie. <laughs> um, that, that's incorrect, the answer. Incor- the, it's a fan favorite, but it's going to be a really steep outside in flick blade. All right. <laughs> okay, Rowan, If what it, what is Johnny's most used emoji? The absolute most random emoji on page seven that has nothing to do with the conversation i've gotten some of the (laughs) weirdest emojis that i just have no idea what's going through his head and maybe he can shed some light so i'm gonna go with what is the weirdest emoji i've ever seen uh last time when he was happy he sent the cowboy the cowboy yeah the smiling cowboy hat might be my favorite i'm looking at him right now I also I, he's got a good smile. I also like the octopus and the umbrella with rain on it and the monkey covering their eyes. <laughs> Do you have uh, uh, is there meaning behind these emojis for you or it's it's the aesthetic? Good question. The cowboy is just so fun. Then the monkey covering eyes is what I do when I'm like so happy I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> And the umbrella with rain is like cozy because I really like the rain. And the octopus is kind of like, I'm just along for the ride, I think. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Johnny, what is Rowan's favorite tournament? Rowan's favorite tournament. I mean, it's got to be Club Nationals. He, he, loves the, he loves the big show. Oh yeah, nine years of heartbreak at that tournament, but somehow it's still it's still number one. One of these days, maybe. Rowan, what is a book, podcast, or TV show that Johnny would recommend? Johnny would recommend the podcast about a park that had fifty dead bodies in it one time in Baltimore. That's the last true one crime. I remember. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was when I was on my true crime kick. I was really on my true crime kick mm-hmm. this past season, and I would, like, make fake true crime podcasts with folks when we were in, like, Philadelphia's <laughs> locker room because it was, like, lead was so peeling was off the walls. Cereal? Yeah, cereal. Uh, cereal. Moose and I oh, were yes, freaking yeah. out about cereal on the bus one time. That was probably the most vocal I've ever been about a podcast in an ultimate <laughs> setting. I also really like Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, too. Me too. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of Dimension 20 these days. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Johnny, if Rowan wasn't playing Ultimate, what sport would he be playing? Basketball. I do love basketball, but oh, wait, Johnny wait. missed the obvious one. <laughs> wait, there are so many. Oh, wait. No, there's one. You've been doing one a lot recently. 
Yeah, it's all I talk about. Hot <laughs> yoga, you do all the time. No, I love. Yeah, that changed my. That changed my. Um, that changed my athletic. Oh, disc athletic. golf, Rowan, of course. Disc golf, Johnny. Disc Sorry, golf. I was. There I was go. thinking too far outside of the disc. Yeah. Disc no, you're and Rowan was going for competitive hot yoga. <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, he wouldn't my be good split, at it, but he would try. Is pretty bad. I would try. Um, yeah, he likes basketball as a non-disc sport, though. I do. Okay, Rowan, if Johnny can only pick one social media platform for the rest of his life, what will he pick? I think... I think he's uh, YouTube. I, yeah, I think he gives up Instagram. I don't think Johnny's a TikToker, but um, <laughs> Johnny, what, what you going with? Yeah, I think that's probably a good choice. Unless Slack is a social network, but I don't, I'm not sure that counts. Interesting. I don't think so either. Are y'all on the um, group me or Slack for teams that you play? Slack, Slack all the way. It, it's all Slack. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. all Slack. There's no way. What do we? I get yeah. mad every time I get a group me notification. Yeah. What do we think of Discord? I group me. Anyone got? Any I Discord? also. I'm. Yeah, I'm also a fan of Discord, but if I'm not chatting to my teammates all the time, then it's meh. But Jeff Babbitt did coach bent for a couple of years that that i was on it and he did especially that season in the pandemic he really did try to get us on discord for film review and i think i i was one of maybe three people who wanted to do it so <laughs> everyone else could not fathom what discord was so johnny rowan picks one of the three which does he pick burpees pull-ups or push-ups I think that regardless of what he thinks he's best at, he would go with burpees because he wants the toughest possible exercise. <laughs> of, and he wants a full body workout. I get where you're coming from, but I think one time I posted like a burpee on Instagram speaking of like sharing your life. And oh, the yeah. game, point, game point performance was like, Burpees are out, bro. Like, I mean, so, so it's like, I guess they're bad for something. Maybe you're back. So I'm going push-ups. <laughs> okay, Rowan, who is someone that Johnny's grateful for? Johnny is going to I'm going to go with his sister. Johnny is a, a has a wonderful family and I think I would pick his sister number 1 and possibly followed by his his parents 2 and 3. Yeah, shout out Sarah, so Dan and Beth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is kind of a it's kind of a funny question it, it, and I think it might be a little bit telling, but Johnny, who would Rowan say looks better in a visor between the two of you? I think Rowan would say Rowan looks better in the visor cuz he's like a, got a sweet <laughs> visor game and he loves he actually takes ownership. It's a heavy weight of a responsibility, but he takes ownership <laughs> of the visor committee every year on truck stop. So <laughs> I mean, I'm. I think I would give it to Rowan, and Rowan would give it to himself. All right, fair enough. I thought uh, yeah. that would cause more controversy, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to get controversy between you know Johnny and myself. It's just you know, <laughs> two nice guys. But yeah, shout out Visor. One time, like in 2015 or 16, I borrowed one from my mom when I went to visit her. Came home with it, wore it the whole season, and. Truck Stop has been a visor team ever since. Yeah, I haven't so looked that's back. That's the origin story. <laughs> Thanks, Kayla. I love that. All right, that's 10-second stall. I don't think nice anybody work. got stalled yeah. out. You guys were pretty quick. Not even close. Those yeah. Are, yeah, those are also some fantastic 
questions and yeah a couple alley-oops that you know I picked Johnny and Johnny picked me so thank you yeah wonderful job I'm curious do you think it's I wonder if it's easier to answer about somebody else than to answer about yourself fair point I don't know like we've had more guests that get closer to being stalled out than you two or you just know each other really well maybe that's the answer yeah yeah I did enjoy guessing for Johnny though I thought that was a good curveball but yeah it's like an inside joke at this point but Whenever there's a, a filmed game, the announcer always picks me. It's very uncomfortable and awkward. So the running joke is I have honed my interview skills. So that's where some of that comes from too. But it's good on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all started when Rowan was like pretty hurt and still playing in the ADL. <laughs> and like we played the first game against New York. And did you like not have a goal or an assist? Yeah, I didn't even. I had like three touches. And he was like a game like MVP because like. It's really no. <laughs> yeah, so that's no, what it's, it's like that all the time. Very uncomfortable. And but all my teammates make fun of me now, so it's like one of those things that's like it's funny now because everybody acknowledges it and we have a good time with it. Just another thing <laughs> that Rowan's able to shrug off. But for real, Row, that that's like a tough moment because I know you were struggling then with like your role on the field too, so that must have made you made you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I'm proud of you in hindsight for how you handled it. Thanks, Johnny. Just so many wholesome sound bites from the two of you. I can I can see it now. I really get it. <laughs> cool. Johnny Rowan, what do you want to plug? Well, yeah, we're gracious, first off, to be out here. I know you have all put a, a lot of time and effort on your podcast, and thank you for inviting us into your space. And I think, honestly, some of those questions were great about sharing our podcast philosophy of training and preparing and live in ultimate. And that's what you can can expect if you pop over to one throw at a time. Our podcast, that's my personal favorite media these days. It's really nice to have a longer form, share a personality more. So that's would be my number one plug. Yeah, we're on all the podcast places where you can listen, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, whatnot, the like. And we're also on Instagram at OneThrowPod. We post little clips there. So if you want to just get a little taste of what you might be getting yourself into before listening to a full episode, that's a good place to check it out. Cool. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. If you like the podcast and want to support us, here are a few things that you can do. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Share the Air Podcast and on Twitter at Share the Air Pod. You can also rate and review us, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And if you want to show more support or you just can't get enough of Share the Air, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash share the air. If you're interested in repping some Share the Air gear, check out our VC Ultimate store at vcultimate.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at team at sharetheairpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Share the Air is recorded and edited by Tulsa Douglas and Louisa Nevis. It is planned and produced by Tulsa Douglas, Louisa Nevis, and Tim Bobrowski. Share the Air's music is by Gray Devlin and Christopher Hernandez. Finally, thanks again to our sponsors, Nutsy, BC Ultimate, and the Center for Applied Neuroscience. 